This is Comic Picks by the Glick. Hey, I'm your host, Jason Glick. Hey, Jason, what do you have for us on tap today? Hey, so originally this was going to be something uh, slightly different, but, you know, like when plans fell apart for it, I decided to just go ahead and go ahead and run with it myself because longtime readers, maybe some listeners will know that one of my, that my favorite ongoing comic these days is um, Delicious in Dungeon by Ryoko Kui. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a great, it's a great fun, you know, like series about this group of adventurers, like who, who are part, who are almost party wiped. It's like when they're exploring, exploring this one, this one dungeon, because they, um, they felt they failed to observe like, you know, basic tenets of nutrition. Like they're, it's like, they're almost, it's like they, they're past, almost, they almost passed out from hunger when they fought, fought against this red dragon. But then the uh, fighters, um, like sister, their cleric, you know, managed to like, um, save them. And you know, like get them out of, um, get them to the top levels of the, of the dungeon, it's like you know, before she was you know eaten by the dragon. So now it's like, like they've got to like get, go back down there and rescue her. Only the uh, fighter Lyos, the mage, a uh, Marcel, and the uh, it's like and the rogue, um, Chilchuk, you know, have to uh, like are are left you know trying to figure out how are we going to get down there like after like you know. Like we lost almost most of our most of our gear, and we don't have anything really to like you know make a proper dungeon dive. And then and then the fighter Lyos realizes, hey, you know what? We've got all the things we need because we'll just eat the monsters on the way down. And you know it's like both uh, Marcel and Chilchuk are kind of like you know aghast at this um, suggestion because no one's ever like you know considered like you know dungeon cuisine before. But it turns out there's this uh like there's this like um dwar- there's this dwarf named. Um, Senshi, who has, like, who actually has been con- considering all this stuff, and when, and as they're trying to eat this, like, um, living mushroom that they, they caught, um, early on, it's like he basically, te- like, you know, tells them the proper way to, like, to, like, fix it and make make a proper meal, and thus they've got the, the ingredients they need to, like, make a proper proper dungeon dive to save, it's like, to save Laos's, Laos's sister, it's like. And you know maybe the uh, the entire island as well because it turns out that the uh, dungeon itself is kind of a living thing that may even powered by by some kind of like dem- demonic source. It's like it the, the series says you know start it start off as like a fun gimmick you know like a culinary focused um you know like fantasy series, but you know it's like but as the, the great thing about it is that as you as it goes on like you realize that um that it, that's creator Ryoko Kui. It's like has, like is using you know this gimmick you know of like like you know the the uh, various dishes that they're able to prepare using the uh, like the things that are available to them in the dungeon as well as like the monsters monsters around them. It's like you know she's using it as a way to like to um as a vector to deliver world building and character development, um like like along the way. So you get to learn more about the characters to care about their their ambitions and realize they're not just you know like complete completely one-sided it's like and also to like to build up the world as well to understand you know like the very you know like how like how this dungeon came about and just you know like what like you know what it represents because it turns out that you know originally like there was a prosperous kingdom around here but things uh things went bad when it's like court mage you know wanted to um find ways to preserve it but he uh but this is a more of a uh, situation where it's like you know the road to hell is paved with good intentions. So it so the series has been has done like 
you know, great work in terms of like, you know, like showing me like a, like a fascinating new take okay, on a familiar trope. And that's one of the reasons I, I love it so much. And as is the case with, you know, any series that, you know, like makes me like, you know, really passionate about it. Yeah. I want to know more about the uh, person that, that created it because I mean, sure. It's like, you know, there are some creators who just, you know, like delivered like, you know, their, the first series is like a major hit and just, they like, just went on, you know, the great stuff from there. But as more often the case is that, you know, it's like they started out, you know, just to- toiling away. It's like on, like on, on shorter, on shorter failed series or just various one, like one-off stories before, you know, honing their craft, making their big ongoing ser- series debut. In the case of, um, of Yoko Kui, the, uh, the latter is the case here because while Dillison Dungeon is her first, is her first successful ongoing series, she's also had um, several um, collections of short stories um, pub- like, um, published in Japan as well, as well as one, one out here, this one being um, Seven Little Sons of the Dragon. Now, I've, writ- I've written about this earlier, and you know it's definitely like one of the better anthologies I've, I've read in the sense that you know there aren't any bad stories amongst these seven. Some of them are definitely like you know more enter- entertaining than others, but um, they they do kind of like you know show you you know like like her her interests in terms of you know like what what she likes writing about from just you know she, well, I mean she, obviously she loves writing writing about dragons and that's that's obvious like from the first story which is about a dragon that you know takes place that takes up residence in a uh, it's like in a turret that's basically like gar- marking the border between two warring countries and effectively puts the war between the two countries on hold while it raises its kids there. Like, and it's like, and this, and this, the story goes on to talk about how it's like, how it's like how the, uh, how, how the two, how the people on the two sides, you know, just try to, you know, are just like, you know, busy marking time until they can resume their war again, but also how, um, like the daughter of one of the, uh, one side's generals who like, she's, full bore against, you know, like, you know, fighting against this other side, but then she learns that, you know, her side is, you know, working with a trader from the other side to get more, more salt and supplies. And she realizes that, hey, you know, it's like this guy, he's actually like kind of a good person, you know, wants to help us out. You know, it's like, it's, it's one of those like, you know, Hey, you know, realize like the story, like, you know, we're not like the other side, isn't as bad as, as you originally think it is. So, and that's that kind of continues in other subsequent stories like Mer- Mer- Mermaid's Refuge. It's like, and my my child is precious, cries the dragon. It's like, and those also like are, f- are fantasy focused stories. And also, um, but the best one there is My God, which is like probably like one of the most like uplifting comic stories I've read about a girl or someone who is um stuck in Japanese cram school hell because you know she's basically trying to like you know achieve her dream of being like of like of um being being a Nobel Prize winning scientist who marries like a great great actor and she's trying to get into this high end you know like uh middle school in order for that for that to happen but the problem is like she she's worried that she doesn't have the like the uh, skills to do it and then she encounters this um it's like this um god it's like this um this river god it's like and she brings it home to live in her like in her aquarium and she's trying to like make it um like keep it alive so that it'll like bless her with you know supreme like studying skills in order to achieve her dreams but you know it's like it's like like 
the actual reality of this, it's like is a lot lot more mundane. It's like in a lot 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 funnier as as well. It's like and then you've also got like other stories like Wolves Don't Don't Lie, which is which is kind of a uh, like a semi parody of a of a of a of a Japanese um manga called With the Light about a uh, woman who um is raising her autistic son and it starts off, you know, just talking about doing like being like a, a how-to guide about this one woman's like efforts to raise her son who has like who's been afflicted with werewolf syndrome because yeah he basically turns into a werewolf like a couple days out of every month and she's talking about like how like how does she um don't deal with deal with that that's the first part of the story the rest of it is told from the uh, son's pers- from the son's perspective and, all, and that kind of like reads kind of like almost like a uh, like a like a riff on like what was done in like in the film wolf children like when you find out just what like you know like how like how the son you know like is you know it's really is relates to his mom and also like this girl he likes it's like it's kind of it, it's also kind of, kind of a neat, neat twist as well it's like especially how thing how things wrap up and then there's also like oddball bits like byakuro the penniless which talks about you know like a painter who's fallen on hard times and um brings one of his paintings to life in order to help him get out of his his dire straits and the series finishes up with um the inutanis which is a parody of this um this japanese uh, murder mystery story called the inugami clan only in this case the uh the titular clan has is filled with you know people who have you know fantastic powers and one girl who has the ability to turn on um, regular clothes into pajamas but you know it turns out all these like you know great um like powers they've got aren't it's like aren't enough to protect them against the detective skills against a uh, kendaichi-esque detect, detective who winds up staying with them one night and is and is convinced that you know he stumbled upon a uh, a murder mystery but you know it's far more ridiculous than i'm making it sound but overall it's like you know seven little sons of the dragon is it's like is good is good fun and it's like yeah i recommend it to anyone who does it's like who does like um like delicious dungeon is looking for more stuff um, to read by by Kui Sensei. Um, I did um, like end this like end this review by saying like, hey, you know, it's like if there are any more anthologies like of her work, um, then they should be brought over. It's like you know, right now. And the thing is, yeah, there are more additional anthologies of her of her work. The thing is, you can only read them scanlated right now. And you know, like as far as scanlations go, it's like. I'm of the opinion that, you know, hey, if you're buying, um, like, if you like a series and you're buying, you know, it's, it's English release, then, then yeah, it's good. It's like, and as far, as far as like series that, you know, it's like haven't been released in English, you know, there's no, there's no proper English release like for them and you're reading them, then, well, yeah, like you're fine. You're fine there as well. Cause Japan doesn't want to profit from, you know, making a, a proper English um, edition of this, like like of this manga it's like like available in english it's like then that's their loss really so so all i can say is like you know when um like hopefully when you know yen press or some other publisher makes um english editions like of these like all these other anthologies available then you should go out and buy them as well because they're they're pretty good um that said you know the other the other major anthology um that she's she's done is called um it's like the dragon school is on top of the mountain, or Ryu no Gaku wa Yama no Ue. 
It's like this is this is like similar in format to um, Seven Little Sons of the Dragon in the sense that it's like you know like like ten ten different stories that are of like of um like of um you know standard like short short story length, and they're also they're also kind of concerned with you know like the intersection of you know fa- of um fantasy with like with the real world as well as just you know like just ex- exploring like some of the standard genre conventions that you ex- that you that you see in like you know on fantasy stories like like the first like the first story basically involve talks about you know what happens when when this like one hero um like return returns home after like slaying like slaying the evil like the evil demon king and you no know, it's like he and he like he, it's told that he was like he was teased, you know, for being just you know like a kind of a scrawny little kid. But you know, then he turns out that turns out to be you know like the guy who saved everyone, and you know like everyone in town just kind of like has some of some of our times just you know adapting to that. It's not a bad story, but it's kind of it's kind of slight. Then you got other like the Beast, which is a a riff on Beauty and a direct riff on Beauty and the Beast, talking about a, a evil like a a rotten prince who was t- turned into a beast for his selfish ways, and then you know wound up, ha- um, you know, becoming like a better, like a better person after like this one, this one townsperson you know stopped, like um, stopped him from like killing these, like or ransacking the town. But she was also like one of the uh, you know daughters of the uh, town town leadership, so they sent off a uh, it's like it's like a warrior to like you know save her, and things go things go badly there it's it's fine then there's and like it it's and then you also got other stories it's like about you know like modern fairy tale which basically talks about you know like like centaurs working in like in modern day japan and how like you know their their industrious workaholic nature is making things you know more difficult for regular Jap, Jap, japanese employees because you know everyone wants to hire centaurs because they're really good workers and so now they're talking about you know like legislation in order to, you know, curb like you know the, like the appeal of like centaurs in, into the workforce sounds sounds pretty rel- relative to like you know modern modern day concern concerns of racism, but it's I don't know it's like it it just feels kind of like you know like more of like a um, clever idea than something that's like really explored explored in depth. There's also like um sorry sorry about uh. About a girl who has like um, angel wings, it's like, and, or sorry, just regular, like regular wings, and she's, and she's debating whether or not you know to go to, go to America to learn how to harness her ability to flight, or stay in Japan, and continue on as a normal person. It's like, you know, and maybe I just like lose her ability to to fly. It's like, you know, because you know, it's like she wonders, like, you know, what's the, uh, you know, what's the point of that. And then when you find out that the reason she wants to do this is because she kind of likes this one boy, but you know the story is told from the point of the boy. So when you find out, you know what he, you know, says to her about, you know, like her decision, you know, because she wants to stay behind with him, it, it's kind of interesting. It's a nice, it's a nice little twist there. And then you get to the uh, title story, which is kind of really interesting in the sense that it's about a. Uh, like like a modern modern day you know Jap- Japanese Japanese college that actually has a course on dragon, it's like it's like on on um on raising on raising dragons. But the thing is, you know, rather than just the, the big fantastic fire spewing beasts that we've known them to be in fantasy, these are like dragons are just kind of like you know more mundane versions of themselves. I mean, like they look like dragons, 
some of them have more you know bird-like appearances but like they're just kind of like you know just there it's like they're just kind of like a uh like this weird vestigial you know like like group like um species of creatures that um no one's quite figured out what to do do with them you know after they lost their major utility in the uh it's like it's like in the in the Edo period so so it's all about just you know like ex like exploring just you know all the various avenues in which dragons might be you know interesting you know from being like you know zoo creatures to like to produce like i'm producing like being sources of food or just you know like sources of like you know flight like um trust uh, flight i mean one of the uh, things about one of the big ideas that the head of the dragon department has is like they're going to get a dragon to fly around japan and um as the and but as one of their um one of the people from the veterinary department points out like your your main dragon that can fly it's like is only like good for like short term flights of 50 50 kilometers a day and um like flying around japan would be like 20,000 kilometers so you'd be this would be like for, taking forever it's like in order it's like in order to actually work and and even then like the head of the dragon department has all has um done research to show that you know dragons are really kind of useless you know by any um real any reasonable standard in mo modern day japan so it's kind of like you know what what is the point of keeping them around then and and the interesting thing is that you know she points out that hey you know this person just points out that that enough resource resources haven't been put in to find out why they're doing this like sure something might seem to be useless but at the same time that that's the prop that determination is the problem because you you need to actually like you actually find out just you know why like if something is useless that just means like like they haven't no one's actually done any like any like enough work and to figure out their actual proper use yet so it was so it's an interesting story it's like like in terms of like you know what it what it produced right there and overall it's like you know like the uh the dragon schools on top of the mountain is it's like is a solid solid anthology i mean some of the stories might not add add up to a whole lot i mean they may just be like oh like here's the twist at the end aren't you so impressed but even then they're not, they're not all bad but admittedly it's like you know i did kind of read this you know for free so there's there's that to consider as well but you know even after reading it for free it's like i still i was still you know pretty entertained by by what i read also by that standard is um hikidashi ni terrarium or terrarium in drawer this um is a uh, is an equally long anthology but it's also made up of a lot more stories as well because while um the dragon school is on top of the mountain is based is um 10 is 10 stories this one is 34 and there's a lot of different stories here it's like i mean and some of them are pretty are pretty short ranging from three or four pages and some longer ones will stretch to 11 or 12. um there's and but I think they're all pretty good examples of the uh, like of the short story format in the sense that you know hey like you're know, just showing you like a clever idea and just you know, moving on to the next like the first story um, misunderstandings is about um, this person like doing um, it's you know she sets sets itself up as a uh, as a, as, a, as a story about you know like standard like a standard shoujo misunderstanding um, up until the uh, 
like the main, the main male character pulls this thing out of his nose and pulls it into the girl's nose. And she's, Oh no, I get it. I understand what you're talking about. And then it's revealed that, you know, this is like, like this story, the story is basically about a manga, manga creator in the future, um, dealing with trying to write a historical drama. It's like trying to figure out just, you know, I had, I had it people, um, people from the past, you know, like get along without this incredible invention. It's like, I, I couldn't understand this. So, and, and even like the post credits page, um, like has a, has a fun little bit about like historical documentation needed, such as the, about the, uh, like the love letter in the, uh, like in the, sh in the shoe drawer that we've all seen in, it's like in anime and manga, manga before. It's like all the stories are, are filled, filled with that, those kinds of concepts. Like there's one story about a woman that, um, like, like, Encountering a social faux pas between with her coworker, and then um, do, performing a uh, mini miniature trial in her in her mind to determine whether or not she she wants to be angry with this per like with this person, or the uh, it's like earlier story about this one woman who's like you know let letting her like apart apartment you know just become a trashy because she's just so tired after work, but she can still um, maintain her one love of like you know diving into a novel and dreaming about it afterwards only. And the thing is, like now, her her apartment's like you know trap um, trash heap status um, has it's like has uh, starting to invade that as well. And there's another story about this um, this science fiction story about this planet that has that is a uh, a a religion that you know it's um it's people that a small minority of its politicians are desperate to like to protect, but um, the majority of its you know people are you know, are kind of indifferent about. And also how like it's about like these humans who are just like you know going into the planet, but having to deal with the uh, ridiculous um, precautions made by this like political minor like minority, or you know the, another another one involves this this um it's like this uh, like this um feudal Jap um, Japanese um like um um town dealing with like a like a plague that they think they believe is brought on by its like deity it's like a uh, it's like a giant cat, and it turns out that the uh, means by which, um, like, they have to deal with um, this this plague, are you know probably very familiar to uh, like the cat cat owners like around it's like around the world, and also the uh, like the uh, title, it's like the title story, um, Terrarium in Drawer. Well, it's like it gets, it's like it gets its own its own story here. But one, it's one of the shorter ones. As you find out, just what happens when someone like you know finds a uh, miniature terrarium, it's like of a place that he that he's seen in real life, and then you know what happens when um, he he lets, he forgets about it, and then his grandma uses it for um, you know certain old old person's business. It's like again, not, not all these are winners. Some of these are just probably I guess you could say too Japanese to uh, to like to fully register. It's like there's one that involves like a story about you know a uh, like a kitsune. It's like it's a kitsune shower that you know like I had to look up in order to try and figure out just you know what what the actual joke was. It's like at at the end, but the thing about them these stories being so short and so plentiful, like is that um, you know it's like you just read one and you think okay that didn't work well let's go on to another one oh hey you know this one was better it's like oh this one was all right oh it's like I think that you know there's, there's enough imagination in these stories like to make it make it worth a read. 
I mean, like, and just the fact that, you know, like, they're short, so short that you can just keep going, like, and just eventually, like, you'll, like I said, it's not too long before you, you'll find, like, you know, between the ones that disappoint you that you'll find something that uh, really strikes your fancy. And while that's all the, uh, like, you know, major um, anthologies that she's done, um, the site that I was using to, um, like, to, find, to um, read all this stuff, which, you know, it's like, if you do a search for these, for these um, series, like, you'll find it, you no. Know, like easily enough, so not going to mention it here. But there's also like a uh, so, somewhat longer story called, well, not longer, but another like short story called Children um, that she did, which is basically technically talks about ha, involves a uh, like a teacher telling her telling her elementary school class about you know just you know how to maintain basic basic proper security like in in the present day, like you know just not telling anyone your your real name when you're online. It's like and that well you know stuff. You know stuff like that, and then at one, then right in the middle of the story, a demon comes comes along and says that she's broken the terms of their agreement, and so he takes her soul to hell. So you're wondering like, what the hell happened there? Well, it turns out that you know she needed to have observed the uh, advice that she was telling her children. That, that's all I'll say right there. But this is a nice little little bonus right there. But I guess I just want to like. You know, sum this up by saying that you know, I it's like I really like um like I really like um Kui's work in like in Delicious the Dungeon. So I definitely wanted like to learn more about you know what she had done um before like before that series, and you know it's like what's you know, what's here. What I read this series like you know did did offer me a lot of insight into like you know her like her interests. Like she's definitely got like a huge in, like interest in fan, fantasy and also just you know. And, and you know, and she expresses interest in like you know, just like subverting like familiar fantastic tropes, as well as just you know, like how how fantasy intersects with with the modern world. And really, it's like after reading this, I can see you know like how all this led to um, Delicious in Dungeon. Basically, you know, it's a series that you know like loves to subvert like like expected fantasy tropes. It's like, but and also has like a like a strong focus on like on character. It's like on interesting, interesting characterizations and just, you know, like surprise twists as well, because even though it's like, you know, it's telling an ongoing story, there's still, it's still like, you know, like succeeds on an episodic basis as well. It's like, it's why I've been reading the series, you know, in scanlated form month after month. It's like, even though it's like, you know, it's like, I generally don't like reading like, you know, like stuff being drip fed by content, but even then, like even so, reading um, Justice in Dungeon month after month has been, you know, pretty, you know, pretty satisfying because you know Kui has established she's good at telling, you know, like short stories, but also with um, Justice in Dungeon, she's shown that she can also like you know expand upon those to a uh, like to tell an, a fascinating ongoing story as well. So yeah, it's like um, definitely go out and buy um, Seven Little Sons of the Dragon if you haven't already, and you know it's like. Next time you're at a convention, bug um, Yen Press because they seem to be like invested in like invested in her work to uh, you know like tell and bring out you know um, the dragon schools on top of the mountain and terrarium in drawer like as well because you know I absolutely like to read like you know read proper English versions of these as well or just you know to actually like you know give to like, give Yen and give Kui my money just by buying buying them as well and you know. That's about it right there. All right. 
Well, um, you know, I always like a good anthology story. So, uh, or set of stories, I should say, you know, um, along the lines of uh, many uh, manga artists and other writers out there. So, yeah, you know, um, sounds like a, sounds like, you know, um, a fun read, especially if you, you know, if, if you're, if you like those kinds of things, you know. Absolutely. If you ha- I mean, if you haven't re- haven't been reading, if you if you've been reading Blissesden Dungeon, then yeah, it's like I can tell you, it's like you know, her, all her Kui's other stuff is definitely worth a look. All right, you know what you're going to be talking about next time. Well, assuming everything goes to plan, like I'll be uh, it's like setting a first for this podcast as I talk with a with a friend of mine about um, Marjorie Marjorie Liu and Sana Takeda's first original graphic novel, The Night Eaters. All right, and we'll catch you next time on Comic Picks by the Glick. All right, ladies, everyone.